Welcome back to the What's Your One More podcast. I'm your host, Quentin Harris, and thanks for tuning in to episode 106. Today's episode is around the personal consumption expenditures known as the PCE index. That just came out last week, and it came out as expected. You know, it was a slightly, you know, flat reading, but what we took away from this was the important part that the core reading was up a little bit. And if you recall from the 105 episodes we've done prior to this, we talk a lot about the core PCE because why it's the Federal Reserve's favorite form of measurement of inflation. Now, I know that's a mouthful. It's a lot to get through there, but the Federal Reserve's goal right now is to get that core reading, which came in at 3.7 year over year, down to 2%. Now, there's a lot of argument that if you go through some of the lagging data that's coming in because we have a data-dependent data Federal Reserve, that if you go through this lag reading of data that's coming in, we're already there at 2% because why the shelter cost that's informed in both of the, you know, the PC and the CPI is lagging, especially in the rent model. And so because of that, there are models that currently show we're already at 2%, which also could be another pause for the Federal Reserve that's set to meet this Friday on November 1st. And we'll be doing an F-follow episode to that. But what we're anticipating is, is basically a no-rate hike. That's what we think is going to happen here. But let's break down why we think that's going to happen. That's mainly driven by this PCE model that we're looking at right now. And inside this index, the core read in particular, there's a lot of things that are measured in that. But one of the points that I want to pull out here that we've been talking about for some time is the personal spending portion of the PCE. And so when my notes here, I take a look at the spending, it was up 0.7. That was off the charts. It wasn't expected to be that. It was expected to be around 0.5 and personal income was only up 0.3. So you're spending this 0.7 and you're making 0.3. Now, what do those numbers mean? It just means you're spending more than you're making. Now, the argument could be because of the inflation of goods or the price points of these items, it's costing more to just live and survive like you normally would. I mean, you can see it when you go to the grocery store. You saw it in our DoorDash episode that we did back in episode, I think it was like 98 or so that we definitely are noticing price points are up. And there's this, you know, greedflation that we talked about as well in episode 101 that's lingering out there that companies are just raising prices because they can right now. So the question becomes, you know, are we spending more or are we just spending more to live? And I think that's, that's, a, that's a fair question to be asked there. And another thing I noticed on this is that the savings rate is down. You know, the savings rate is down to 3.4. I'm pull up my notes here that I did a couple charts. If you want to see these charts that I've put together, go to our YouTube episode, check it out. We'll have these charts in there. Subscribe at what your one more and you can get your hands on these. But what we did on this personal savings rate is it's actually the lowest it's been since 2009. We're actually in that, that danger zone of 2009. We all know what took place during that time. But the reason that's important is because, you know, when the GDP comes out on Thursday that we just had come out and tell us how strong the economy is, it's hard to understand that because what's happening is we're, we're spending more, we're taking away our savings, we're spending that. And and yet the income is not going up to help offset that stuff. And looming in the background, this is kind of that perfect storm that's looming out there right now is the credit card debt. You know, I can't stop talking about this enough. And the reason for that is because we are at an all-time high. We're well over a trillion dollars. And the amount that's gone up over the last few years is almost 28% increase in credit card debt. The astonishing part is that the average credit card debt, excuse me, the average credit card rate is somewhere between 22 and 25%, depending what state you live in, um, because each state has a different, you know, user ceiling law, uh, usury ceiling law there. And so this is kind of a big thing in the background. You know, when 2008 and 2009 happened, we felt like, oh my gosh, that, that crash came out. And looking back on it, you can say that crash didn't come out of anywhere. You could clearly see it. But the financial collapse that happened when you were living in the moment, a lot of people found themselves going, I can't believe this happened. I didn't see this coming. 
It was almost like this, 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 you know, black or white swan came out of nowhere and you weren't expecting it. But if you look at where you are right now, there are crumbs, there are pigeons, if you may, everywhere, signs warning us of what's going on in the economy right now. And one of the biggest ones is credit card debt. It keeps going up and the balances keep going up and not getting paid. Right now, we show that over 50% of these balances are unpaid. We also have one of the higher delinquency rates over the last two years in credit card debt. Now, it's not the highest on file, but over the last two years, it's starting to go up quite a bit that's catching everyone's attention. And also combined with that, the fact that the average American went from having a balance of $4,000 per credit card to $8,000 per credit card. And, you know, that is these, these signs starting to pop up that, hey, why is this happening? Well, because people are having no choice. It's either because they can't afford to live because the income is not rising at the level it should be, or B, the prices are inflated way beyond what they should be, or there's a C one that we're just spending more than what we should be spending because, you know, we're just spending money to spend money. I'm not so sure that's the right one. I think it's a combination of the first and the second there. And so the third thing is the personal savings rate. You know, I just got done talking about that, but we're depleting our savings rates because as Americans, we're struggling to survive in this inflated economy right now. And so I do think that this is going to be a warning sign that we look back on and go, man, saw that one coming. And where I'm going with it is this, is that when the Federal Reserve meets. Their measurement of inflation is the core PCE. That's when they strip out food and energy out of the uh, the index, and they take a look at the items involved in that. And one of those is obviously what we've been talking about here, but the Federal Reserve saying we're trying to get down to 2%. That's the target rate of inflation they're trying to get at. I don't see how the Federal Reserve on Wednesday does anything but pause. I definitely don't think they're going to reduce rates, but I do not think they're going to increase rates either. I think we're going to have another pause, and the Federal Reserve is going to say, you know, we're eyeing the data as it comes in. You know, unfortunately, they're going to get all the jobs data later on in the week before, uh, excuse me, after the meeting. It would be nice if they could get that in before, but they're going to get it afterwards because they're going to be looking at that softening of the labor market. They keep talking about that over and over again. And, you know, they're also taking a look at this PCE model right here that's come out on the index and they're going to look at the core reading and they're going to say, well, we're seeing improvement, but we're not at the 2% yet. But we also don't want to shock the economy, shock the stock market, you know, do anything that's unexpected. They've already shown their hands. They already said in the past meeting, and there's been quite a few commentary come out from FOMC media, uh, excuse me, FOMC members right now saying that, listen, we don't think it's necessary for another rate hike right now. So full market anticipation is there won't be one. The worst thing they could do is if they did hike these rates, that would absolutely send a shock through the market there. So I wouldn't expect to see anything with that other than the status quo. Yo, thank you so much for choosing us today. We're definitely not done with our podcast, but we are going to take a really short sponsor break and then we'll get right back to the show. I've been in the lending business for 20 years. I've seen many different lenders. During those 20 years, I recognized there's a difference between being an originator and an advisor. The team at Bank of England is full of advisors. They take their time to understand your needs. They take the time to structure a mortgage for you and your family. And I cannot recommend them enough. If you're in the market to purchase a home, maybe it's a second home, maybe it's an investment property, or you're looking to refinance your current property that you live in, take a minute to work with the advisors at Bank of England Mortgage. They're a nationwide lender and you can find your local branch at boemortgage.com because it's more than loans, it's people. Thanks so much for letting us give a shout out to our sponsor. All right, now back to the podcast. The market movers are going to happen post-meeting when Powell goes to the podium at 2.30. And when he gets to that podium, there's commentary that's going to come out and that's what's going to move the market, good, bad, or indifferent. I'm sure he's going to be asked many times about the national debt, because you got to understand, it took me a little while to get my head around this. As 
the Federal Reserve raises short-term interest rates. That's the effective rate in which we're paying interest on the national debt. And in some cases, our interest payment is so big, it starts to become a point where it's a burden on the economy. And you know, if you look at a couple of our last episodes, we talked about, hey, listen, 31 going on 32. We were talking about 31 trillion going to 32 trillion. That happened pretty darn quickly. What was amazing is it went from 32 to 33 in 90 days. It happened, and and a bulk, a good amount of that, besides deficit spending, is interest payments that we don't have the the money to make the payment. That's why we're issuing, you know, new debt to make that payment. It's also why the U.S. Treasuries were downgraded the way they were uh, months ago. So, I mean, this is a cycle that continues to happen. So, I know he's going to be asked about that. He dodged that question pretty good the last time around. And he's also going to be asking probably about the, the banking system as itself, because the more pressure that gets put on the banking system, the more fear, the more concerns of what happened at SVB could happen again. Even though recently in New York, Powell said, no, banking system's good. We're all taking care of it. It's a thing in the past. I'm not so sure it is. And I think a lot of people aren't so sure it is, and they're going to want clarity on that as well. So I would fully anticipate that. And then he's going to be asked about the lock-in effect. You know, we've talked about that over and over again, but Powell was specifically asked last time around, you know, hey, listen, housing, housing is a huge part of the economy. Matter of fact, it's 16.7% of the GDP. You know, what are you going to do to make sure and ensure housing does not take the brunt of your interest rate fix that you're doing right now to offset inflation? And he specifically said last time that they had no desire to lower the interest rate to help the lock-in effect. And it's going to be interesting because they're going to bring it up again to him here because obviously the impact that's happened, you know, on the letter that was written to Powell by the National Association of Mortgage Brokers, also, or excuse me, the National Association of Home Builders, the the National Association of Realtors, and also the Mortgage Bankers Association specifically stating, hey, listen, the, what you're doing right now is impacting affordable housing. You're impacting first-time home buyers, and that's a lot of people that aren't having the opportunity to pursue the American dream because you're holding these rates steadfast and potentially looking to increase to offset the inflation. So I know these questions are going to come to him. How he says that, how he indicates what he thinks the plan is in the next meeting to end the year and the first quarter plan, that is going to alter the market and ultimately change the, the, the path of what we're looking at as far as bonds are concerned, as far as mortgage-backed securities are concerned, and ultimately, as far as Wall Street is concerned as well, because there are a lot of people anticipating the, they're done. You know, the, the Federal Reserve is done hiking rates that they're just going to hold and stay uh, basically consistent with where they are right now for some time. If Powell can kind of cave in a little bit and confirm that notion, we're going to see some stability in the market that we haven't seen probably in the last six, seven months. And that's important. It would be good to get that. But I do fear that he's going to step in and say the Federal Reserve will take any, you know, necessary measure to ensure the 2% inflation. Because if you think about this, if if you're Jerome Powell, right, I don't think you're a well-liked Federal Reserve chairman. Uh, I think you might go down as probably one of the most disliked and probably one of the most ineffective chairmans for the Federal Reserve. Because let's face it, you know, the people in the Federal Reserve, they're like Federal Reserve lifers. They've only been on the Federal Reserve. Think about that. They've not done anything in the field. They have not done anything that that is direct to the consumer. They, they haven't. They've been there. Powell himself and, and one other member have been out in the field, and they were part uh, they, they were part of a, of a firm that helped even manage Enron when that thing collapsed. So um, they've been a little bit out there, right? But for, they've been in the Federal Reserve for quite some time. And Powell's an attorney at heart. Like, that's what he is. He's an attorney. He's not an economist. So the thing is this. He's not real well-liked, and the results haven't been great. And if your only legacy to this entire time in which you're on the Federal Reserve is that you got inflation to 2%, 
that might be all you have to hold on to. I'm not saying you would wreck the economy to preserve a legacy, but if that's your mission and that's all you got and you walk away from the Federal Reserve going, well, at least I got inflation back down to 2%. If that's all you got to hold on to, then that's probably one of the reasons why you're going to the podium saying we will take all necessary measurements to get inflation to 2%. Because at the end of the day, he's not going to be well known for much of anything else other than really kind of train wrecking a little bit of the mortgage industry, first-time home buyers, affordable housing. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. It's not going to be because he got the 2% inflation. So I think that he's holding steadfast on that. And I think we'll see some commentary that kind of implements that as well, or excuse me, indicates that as well. Um, but in the meantime, don't expect any type of rate hike pretty much expect a pause, hope to hear more about the pause for the remaining part of the year, and even maybe an outlook into the first quarter, second quarter, where they talk about some basically relief, relief being in the form of maybe lowering the Fed funds rate a little bit if they see some signs of the following things. And hopefully he discusses what those following things are. So we'll be back next week to talk about the outcome of that meeting. Till the next time, check us out on our socials at What's Your One More with the number one. Also follow us at Apple, Spotify, Google, or Amazon on your podcast. Love to get a five-star review. Love to hear your comments on there. Uh, we do read them and we do check them out and we do come back to the show with some of the stuff you guys have said. Till next time, we'll see you on What's Your One More. I got one more shot, I'm gonna make it. One more chance, I'm gonna take it. I meant it when I said it, now it's time for me to do it. I got one life to live, so I put all into it, yeah.